Create an Unstoppable Life, episode 149. Create an Unstoppable Life is all about mindset for the high achiever to help you build a life of fulfillment and freedom. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a mindset and marketing coach and a family medicine physician. It's an honor to spend time with you today. Welcome back. It has been a hot summer here in Texas with more to come. I hope wherever you're at, it is climate controlled and you are enjoying yourself. There are two recent events that have filled my soul, meaning improved energy, improved outlook, life feels a little bit easier, more fun, and clearer. One event you heard about in the reflexive no episode (laughs) with my grudgy attitude, that was the axe retreat for women, and the other was... Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within, also called UPW, where I had the honor of being a crew member. As far as experiences go, they're vastly different. But one thing that I can say, the Axe Retreat, it was gentle, kind, loving, filled with service by the women who led the retreat. There was no pressure, no guilt, freedom to explore the relationship with God within a very supportive space. It was an incredible, special experience. And UPW was like a fire hose. (laughs) Lots of movement, lots of energy, long hours, pushing, shoving barriers, being confronted with the BS stories I tell myself and being led through experiences where it's just no longer acceptable. The overall sentiment, very loving in a much different way. On the other side of both experiences is really a newer place of peace and clarity, a newer place of enoughness, that's for sure, a feeling of whole, like I'm here, nothing is missing, I don't have to make up for anything. And it's amazing what happens after saying yes to what I really want and letting go of the need for control, the need to have certainty about what's going to happen or how it's going to happen, just letting go and being present. Back to the axe retreat, moment after moment was filled with joyous surprises, so many that it felt like we were there for a week rather than just three days. Today's topic, the emotional home. It was a concept presented at UPW. It was a concept presented at UPW. We all have an emotional home, a place where we default to in times of uncertainty, stress, doubt, or fear that place that's normal or natural with many pre-programmed responses. A question I'm often asked, how did you become this way? (laughs) This way. And this way is, is generally referred to as calm, collected. I grew up around a family member whose emotional home was anger and the need for control at any expense. It didn't take much for that emotional home to come out for the default place where the anger came out and then rage and blame and someone was going to pay. It's fascinating to think about it now, decades later, and learning as a child how to read the emotions of a room, how to meter myself to stay quiet, fly below the radar, be perfect, be helpful, hide in plain sight. That's a new term that I heard by Jamie Lima Kern. She said this in her incredible talk at UPW. She talked about hiding in plain sight. I learned, or at least I tried to be the smartest person in the room, honest enough, knowing what information to omit, when to be away, how to keep myself busy, how to look 
a certain way. And through that, how to hang on to hope that someday life would be better or at least be different. When I could spend the night somewhere else, when I can go to camp or take summer school, that was the driver for achievement mode. Go get a job, go to college, hold on to something out there in the future when life would be better. Holding on to someday I would be free and I would keep busy until then. Craig and I heard a term a few years ago, hurt looking for a wound. It was referring to someone who was already pissed off and they were looking for a place or a reason to focus their energy. It's like they had to get it out. So they were looking for that wound that they can uh, share that hurt already there with or for. It's one of the ways that we could talk about something without saying very much. We'd simply refer to an observed behavior as a hurt looking for a wound and we'd move on. It was enough said. We were keenly aware that we didn't need to get involved and we didn't need to be the focus of someone else's fury. But I think emotional home is more descriptive. That's the place where someone feels comfortable and in fact they feel, likely feel, powerful. They feel in control. They express themselves or at least that compelling part of themselves. The emotional home for many people, in fact too many people, is negative and it's full. And it's filled with, among all that negative emotion, is filled with these thoughts of, I don't belong, I'm not enough, no one will love me, or if they see me for who I am, they won't love me, they won't want to be around me, I have to be what others tell me to be. All of that is mixed in the emotional home. In my mind, it explains why there's a lot of suffering, a lot of unrest, a lot of dis-ease. Because emotional homes filled with fear and anger, sadness, loneliness, uncertainty, or feeling insignificant, that's what results from them, suffering, unrest, unease, or dis-ease. And it leads to tearing other people down and conveying a message to them that they aren't good enough either. Going back to my family member, what I realize now is that anger and rage were very powerful emotions on the outside. They felt better than what they were likely protecting. And by protecting, what I mean is avoiding the emotions of sadness, not good enough, and fears like fear of not being worthy or fear of being insignificant. That anger and exerting control were ways to demonstrate significance. Not ideal, <laughs> definitely not healthy. It's been in the past few years that I've awakened to the idea of not only forgiveness, forgiveness of myself for all those coping mechanisms, because I can look back and see where my emotional home was, where my changing of my behavior, who I was, how I expressed myself, forgiveness of that, and the, the consequences of doing that, and then develop appreciation for who I am, what I've been through, for the ability to develop those coping mechanisms without even realizing it, an appreciation that I kept going. I would never wish those experiences on someone else, and chances are you have experiences that you would never wish on someone else either. I spent decades grieving for the family that I wanted and wondering, why was I put in this one? What did I do to deserve this? What was wrong with me that I didn't fit in and I didn't want to? Now I'm thankful for the person I've become, the one who's generally calm, generally kind, generally unreactive to change or stress or urgencies, one who can get a sense of the emotional state of somebody else or read a room, 
without at least I trying not to default to the people pleasing and adjusting who I am to accommodate others. The one who can tell the heart of others and discern whether to move away, move towards, or simply let be. And the one who at times has a greater sense of what someone else is feeling with the ability to express it with clarity, sometimes better than they can. As I think about my life and lots of encouragement to think about your life, what has been your emotional home? Like as a child, what was your default? When things were going well, what was your default? What was the predominant feeling or emotion that you had? And during stress or strain, what was your default? It may be more than one because there are plenty of emotions that are linked with other ones. So sort through your memories, see what you discover. See what pops in your mind, things that you hadn't thought about or hadn't remembered in a long time. And then think about your life now. When things are going well, what is your default emotional home or your mood? And how about during times of stress or strain? In my younger days, my emotional home was being a victim. You heard it a bit ago. What did I do to deserve this? Why me? Why is this happening? Followed by hiding in plain sight or just hiding. And I can see numerous examples throughout my life where I went to that home. And I could see what happened and the pain that it caused. When things were going well, it was joy. Discovering joy, creating joy, finding relief, finding solace. That emotional home, the one of being a victim, it still exists, but it's now a tiny home with limited open hours. When things are going well, it's joy, love, abundance now. With stress, strain, uncertainty, or criticism, it has been worry and seeking control and hustling to take control and working harder and sometimes returning to that familiar place of being a victim. What I'm working towards, one home, one state, no matter what is happening around me, and no matter how often the default pops up, one home that is filled with love and trust. Love for what I have, who I am, all that I've been given, and for my faith that says I'm never alone and I'm always loved. And trust that it really will work out, that there is peace to be found even in the midst of horrendous times. This home is under construction. It's got a foundation. It has a why. It's being fueled with passion to seek a higher level of functioning. And I believe that's what it takes to make any change. A why, a compelling why, with passion for that why to keep going. And a vision of what life can look like or feel like on the other side of change, so that there's a reason to keep going. Your home will be constructed during great weather when things are easy, and during heavy storms and hail and ice and all the defaults will come back over and over again. So grace and compassion are absolutely required. Grace to recognize the weight you picked up and compassion to remind you to set it back down. The default emotional homes have been around for years or decades and they're solid, they're defended, they're comfortable and probably help you feel more powerful than you did a few minutes prior. Ask this question. Is your emotional home, your default emotional home during times of stress or strain, is it serving you well? If your default emotional home is isolation, because of thinking you don't belong, is that serving you well? 
for sure it'll keep you saying a reflexive no, saying no to being around others, saying no to growing relationships, saying no to being part of a community. Is that helping you be the person you want to be consistently? If your default emotional home is anger, is that serving you well? Who receives that anger and how does it help them? And how does that person respond or react to you? Are they hiding in plain sight? Or do you start hiding after you've lashed out? If your default home is one that brings you to this beautiful state, that's what Tony Robbins describes it, a beautiful state of staying controlled internally, staying focused internally, not relying on anything that's happening around you, then keep going. Keep radiating your joy and your love and your peace and others are going to want to know your secret. And you can tell them there is no secret. It's deciding on purpose every moment of every day. It's recognizing when that toddler in your brain is trying to take over and trying to destroy things. And it's remembering that you have a choice. You can choose and lead your mind where you want to go to reclaim your energy and reclaim your focus. My friends, we can't do this alone successfully. It takes others to help us see what we cannot, to remind us of who we are and why we are changing. In San Antonio on the Riverwalk, there's a boat tour you can take. And the boat guide will say, if you fall over, if you fall out of the boat into the water, you're going to freak out. And after you freak out, stand up. Because you can stand up in this water and you will be fine. Our community will help us remember all I have to do is stand up. No matter what I've been through in the past, no matter how many times I fall down while I'm working to make a change, while I'm working to construct a new emotional home and deconstruct the old one. Freaking out is unnecessary. Simply stand up. On the other side of discomfort is what you want. And it's not going to take much to get there, but it is going to take you moving forward. So form your community while you build the emotional home that you want, not the one you have, the one you want. And in your community, include a mentor, a friend, a colleague, a person within your faith system, your partner, a coach, and maybe even a therapist and a physician. Build the emotional home that you want to spend an abundant amount of time in, not just a vacation home but the vacation home that you are in every single day. Build the home that fits who you want to be, the one that's filled with light and lightness, the one that invites in trustworthy souls, the one that gives you permission to trust yourself with making decisions, the one that you experience an abundance of the emotions that light your soul on fire and help you to share your light with others. It's not easy. It's not free. It requires spending less time in the default home. It requires deconstructing the default home, having appreciation for how it became, for who you became, for all the coping skills that you learned, all the experiences that you've endured so that you can build the one you want and go back to it over and over again anytime that you find you're away from that home. My friends, it is so worth it. I've spent enough of my life as a victim, enough of my life saying that I don't belong, enough time hiding in plain sight or simply hiding. 
It's time for love, joy, abundance that I can see, that I can feel, that I can return to, that I can share with others, no matter what the world has in store for me. Thank you for being here. It is a joy to be on this journey with you. I am sending you so much love, no matter which emotional home you are in right now. And I'll see you next time. Ciao. Create clarity and simplicity with all of your marketing so that the people you serve know how you can help them. As a StoryBrand certified guide, I help physicians create this to launch or grow any type of business. Sign up for a consult call with me at georgemdcoaching.com.